0: Kenzie Solden has had an amazing sports career, representing Team USA at two Paralympic Games in two different sports, wheelchair tennis and wheelchair basketball. At one point, she was the number one wheelchair tennis player in the U.S. in the women's division and also won a gold medal with the U.S. women's wheelchair national basketball team. After earning a master's degree at the University of Alabama, she now serves as a marketing manager for Angel City Sports in Los Angeles. So, Mackenzie, I thought we would just start by uh, talking a little bit about your adaptive sports journey. How did you first get introduced to adaptive sports?
1: That's a good question. I, I feel like I've been involved so long now. I just had my 30th birthday last year, which was shocking for me. But I luckily was, was able to get started at a young age. Um, so, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I, I had my injury pretty young. Um, When I was one, I had a spinal cord tumor um, and basically the removal of that tumor left me paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the life that I knew from a young age. I didn't know anything differently. Um, But the, the issue that I had was we lived in a really small town in Michigan called Hemlock. And there's really not much going on there, especially adaptive Mm -hmm. sports-wise. So luckily, my mom met someone that happened to know about a wheelchair basketball team that was playing in one of the suburbs of Detroit. Um, And so they kind of knew I had an inclination for sport already, just from seeing me around the house and shooting up wadded pieces of paper into the trash cans and things like that. <laughs> so I think they were interested in just getting me active, which I'm really thankful for now, of course. Um and so yeah, they they drove me out to this wheelchair basketball practice that was almost two hours one direction. Oh. Um yeah so I started my first practice at this uh Sterling Heights Challengers team. And I I still remember that I think I was 7 at that time. Mm-hmm. I still remember my first practice and like how it just opened the world of possibilities up for me. Um and I think that was probably the first time I'd really met anyone else with a disability like me too. So that was a big moment all around. Um but that's kind of where I got started and then just kept going with it from there. I don't know how long you want me to go, but I could <laughs> keep rolling.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it was that, yeah. When, when you have that type of transformative experience, yeah, you don't forget it, right? Regardless of how mm-hmm. long you are. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. how long did you make that two hour one way commute? How often did you make that two hour one way commute uh, to be able to participate in sports?
1: I think it was definitely several years because I we ended up moving to Louisville, Kentucky when I was 10 years old. So for at least three years, uh, my parents drove me four hours, uh, mm-hmm. at least once a week to this practice. Um, and then I was able, luckily, to continue with that team when I moved to Louisville
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because they didn't have a junior team at the time. I don't know if they do. Now, but at the time they didn't. So I basically traveled with the team and practiced locally with like a men's team that was in the area growing up. But the commitment was huge from my parents and I'm very thankful for them for doing that.
0: <laughs> so at a young age, though, you were traveling. So you got to go compete in mm-hmm. the national tournament mm-hmm. and other, you know, other games and tournaments.
1: Yeah. I think that helped me become independent also a lot younger. Um, And it was interesting because during school I felt sometimes a little bit disconnected from my own classmates because I was always on the road, it seemed like, Mm. or out of town. Um, And also being able to compete with my teammates, which didn't live anywhere near me, really, um, I I formed a really close bond with them and it was like my second family almost. And then, you know, a lot of kids in school, they compete with their school teams and so they they get that bond there. But I was competing like on a travel team going all over the place. The Midwest, I'll say, not all over the place, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that was an interesting dynamic too that I've reflected on now later in life is there was a little bit of a different experience for me because I wasn't competing with my classmates until um, high school. I ended up playing on the tennis team, but um, a lot of that was spent on the road which I don't regret at all, but it was definitely a different experience as a child, I think.
0: And and I'm glad you mentioned uh, playing on the high school tennis team, because I was going to ask, how did you get into playing tennis? um, And Mm -hmm. when did you start that?
1: Um, I think wheelchair tennis, I didn't have as formal as a start as basketball, where I can remember my first practice. Um, but I started young as well because my parents played tennis and that was kind of our family activity.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) And that's where I got my competitiveness from was, well, my mom really, she doesn't let you win (laughs) anything. So (laughs) that's, that got me started young on the competition, but we, we played tennis as a family growing up. And that's, that's really where I started. And tennis is one of those sports where it's kind of is easily integrated with non-disabled people. Mm -hmm. So I spent up until maybe age 12, I didn't play with any other wheelchair players. Um, And then I think 12 was my first kind of tournament uh, that, that we were able to go to. So that was a different route as well as playing with classmates just on, for fun, um, not for any school things or anything like that, but that's kind of how I got started. And then realized once I went to my first tournament that I had potential in this sport too. And I really enjoyed the competitiveness of being kind of solo on the court and all that entails of competing against yourself. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a complete different angle from competing with a team in mm-hmm. my wheelchair basketball uh, practices. So I kind of liked having the best of both sides of competition.
0: And and did you have a preference? Did you like the team aspect over the individual or did it ebb and flow a little bit?
1: It definitely ebbed and flowed. <laughs> I think, I think having the two helped me stay sane as well of not getting so committed into only one sport, um, and they both kind of contributed to skills in the other sport, so it definitely went back and forth for me. I feel like once I played tennis for a while, I'd be like i need to I need to play some basketball, and vice versa, so <laughs> I kind of flip flopped through the years, but I love them both,
0: yeah, yeah, and and what was it like? you know competing in two sports you know uh you know at at, at sometimes one at a given time right cuz there is some overlap i believe in the in the seasons
1: yeah uh it was just the norm for me when i was a kid it's like thinking about it now it it seems crazy and chaotic <laughs> but for some reason it worked um, growing up just being able to, to go to tennis practice, I had a coach um, that I would use at the local tennis club when we lived in Louisville when I was a teenager. Um, and I'd go to those tennis lessons once or twice a week, and that would kind of be my tennis um, until I had to travel and then basketball. There would be a little uh, overlap there, but tennis allowed a little more flexibility on choosing when and where Mm -hmm. I wanted to travel to. So I think that's why they worked together so well. Um, But it definitely kept me very active and I learned a lot, like I said before about independence really young um, because I was traveling. I think my first international trip was when I was 15 Um, for both basketball and tennis, I think that was the same year I I did Australia and then Sweden. Um, So I got a lot of that as a young teen, which kind of opened my eyes up to the world and culture and all these different kinds of things that gave me, I think, a lot of perspective um, now that I look back on it now.
0: Yeah, it's a formative moment to be able to travel to you know, at age 15 to, you know, not one, but two, two mm-hmm. countries outside the U.S. And yeah, when you were playing with your high school team, um, was it, was it an easy entry? You know, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of times sometimes, you know, coaches or programs or where schools aren't aware of, obviously, that a, you know, a wheelchair basketball or a wheelchair tennis player can play tennis, and the, the only exception is basically the two-bound rule and that type of thing. Was it, mm-hmm. e- was it easy for you to enter, enter that space, or did you have to – were there some challenges or struggles with that?
2: Um,
1: there were a few challenges around that, actually, um, just because of kind of the gap of knowledge, I mm-hmm. think, at the time – I mean, I think tennis is bigger now, but there was absolutely no knowledge <laughs> of what wheelchair tennis looks like or how that integrates with a non-disabled team. Um, so, I remember I tried out, I think, for the varsity tennis team in eighth grade, um, and I, I believe in that trial, I, <laughs> I beat. One of the girls that ended up making the team after that, and I didn't make the team, and I I still remember that because it, it hurts to this day. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I think part of the the element that when I moved into high school and and saw it was just confusion on what exactly to do with me um, and how I should be kind of a part of the team. And there were questions like, uh, can you play doubles with with a partner um, because of the handling of the chair as if I might run over my teammate or something like that? And and I'm just like, no, I, I can control my chair pretty well. I think you will be safe. <laughs> but it was things like that that were kind of a, a struggle at the beginning of joining that team. And there was definitely a learning curve uh with the the coaching and the other players I think were pretty easy and open to it. Um it just took a little bit of time to learn how mm-hmm. how to play with two bounces and even for opponents eventually. Um I mostly played doubles, so the first couple points sometimes the opponents would be getting used to that, but then from there it would be pretty easy um so definitely a little bit of struggle at the beginning but um I was glad that I I pursued that
0: yeah and it was obviously just on the on the um aspect of others it was just a lack of awareness lack of education and and needing mm-hmm. to be introduced a little bit more and, and become familiar and so as you were as you're graduating from high school um you know and you've got two sports, How did you, how did your path dictate like which, you know, which sport you were going to pursue at the, you know, at the elite level and at the, you know, even the Paralympic level?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It was, it really was about college for me of which sport, although it didn't end up being that way, but that was my thought process was whichever college I choose um, is going to dictate a lot of what I put my, my effort into. Uh And so at the time there, there was really one major option for tennis. um, And that was university of Arizona. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then basketball had a few more colleges um, to choose from. And so I was recruited by, Uh, a few of the schools and went ended up going on a visit to Alabama and Arizona and trying to kind of narrow it down between those two Um, and ended up mostly because of scholarship options honestly going to the University of Alabama um, which at the time didn't have a tennis program so I knew that going there would be a basketball centered Mm
2: -hmm. choice
1: (laughs) and I was okay with that because basketball is one of my passions. So that's kind of, that was my thought process going in. Um, but at the same time, when I was, when I had just graduated high school, I was also ranked the highest I've ever been ranked in wheelchair tennis. (laughs) Um, so that was interesting. I was, Number one in the U.S. at the time in uh, women's and I think 18 in the world, which is still my highest ranking to this day that I had gotten to. Um, and so that I started college with having that ranking wow. and having been selected as a wild card for the U.S. Open Grand Slam in New York City, which was I think September of my first semester of college. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was overlapping again. Um, But ultimately I ended up competing at the grand slam while being there to train for basketball. Um, And then long story short, the next year got another opportunity in tennis because of my status before being one of the top ranked players ended up being an alternate for the Pan American games, mm-hmm. which was in Mexico in 2011 um, all the while still going to class and playing basketball every morning at 6. AM. <laughs> um, but I think that also put me in really good shape uh-huh. at that time. So that helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I ended up getting called to go to the Parapan games because um, they needed another player, and at that time, I had kind of stopped playing tennis, um, but I was still pretty in shape like like I was saying um, and then ended up accepting going to Mexico and winning the gold medal <laughs> <laughs> in singles and doubles. <laughs> which was crazy. I still, to this day, I can't believe it, but I, I think having that basketball training and being able to rely on all my years of tennis definitely helped me in that moment. And the pair of hand American games is every four years, the year before the Paralympics. And it's Mm -hmm. really a qualifier. (laughs) So once you win yeah. you are automatically into the Paralympics. <laughs> so that kind of set my path also for the London Paralympic games. I was automatically in, um, because I won that event. And, uh, funnily enough around that time I had been trying to make team USA for wheelchair basketball. And I actually didn't make it, um, I think two years in a row. So I ended up, kind of accidentally making it uh, for wheelchair tennis. I won't say accidentally because there are a lot of years that went into that, but
0: um, say, that's it not wasn't accidental. what I
1: expected.
0: That's yeah. not accidental. <laughs> it might be unplanned, but it wasn't accidental.
1: Yes. Yes. Unplanned. We'll go with that word. That's better. <laughs> but yeah, very interesting journey.
0: And, and so what I, you know, because I knew that you were a two-time Paralympian, and then, and but I didn't necessarily know how that kind of uh, went down, if you will. But you know, mm-hmm. so so the fact that you went to London in 2012 in wheelchair tennis, then you did make the national team in wheelchair basketball the year later, mm-hmm. right in 2013, yes. and mm-hmm. which led to obviously 2016 Paralympics. Um, it's just an amazing kind of opportunity and moment that a lot of athletes don't have have or the experience that a lot of athletes mm-hmm. don't have to be a two-time parent being in two different sports.
1: Yeah, I feel very blessed to have had that experience and and to be able to also have I feel like gone through the the losses and the not making the team mm-hmm. and things like that and in my career as well that i i rarely talk about but that's that's also a core of of my experience um in my sports journey on both on both sides mm-hmm. um so i think that made the rio win even sweeter for me of thinking back to when i was a 7 year old and just st- trying the sport for the first time and not knowing where it could take me and eventually having the goal of like making a Paralympic team and um, competing for Team USA and then being able to do that and win a gold medal. um, I think that was just such an amazing experience an amazing moment and doing it with the team that we had as well. Um, was was really cool because I know how much we worked for that, and um, I don't think we were. I think we were a little bit of underdogs going into that because of our <laughs> our record the previous year. We we were fourth at World Championships, um, so there was a lot of work and a lot of team support that went into that win so I think just doing that with people that you care about and worked hard with and reflecting on the whole journey um the ups and downs and everything that was definitely one of the highlights of my life so far (laughs) so I yeah I feel honored to have been through both Paralympic Games but yeah
0: and then obviously from 2016 till now uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of your, other, your the other hat you wear and the other kind of part of everyone's life besides sport. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. you know, occupation and, and profession and career. Um, before you before you joined Angel City, sports. What how what was your trajectory like?
1: I've had such a weird. <laughs> I have such a weird story. I feel like I flip flop back and forth. Between sports and things that I'm doing. So after Rio, I ended up, um, I had graduated that same year with a master's degree
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, from the University of Alabama. So um, I think that was in May, is when I graduated, and then Rio was in the fall. So the next year, I tried to really get started in my career, which was marketing. That's what I studied. Mm Um, so I started working for a marketing agency in Dallas, uh, worked there for a year and then started to get kind of the competitive itch again. (laughs) And I just happened to, again, it's, it's like, it seems random, but I keep coming back to sport, um one of the national coaches for tennis called me while I was actually at my job. Um, and said they needed someone, uh, to come to world team cup, which is a yearly competition in wheelchair tennis where the countries compete against each other. Um, and if I was going to be available to do that. And so I, I never say no to these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked my boss at the time and they were, they were super cool and flexible. Um, So they let me go and it, it was a world team cup in Italy. And I believe this was 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up going, playing and competing and uh, our women's USA team took the bronze, which was like our best result in a decade or something like that which was great to be a part of. And that got me really excited about tennis again.
2: Uh
1: (laughs) Um, And long story short, I ended up getting a call again about a new national campus opening in Orlando, which was going to be for professional tennis players to train. Um, And they invited me to move there and train And be the first wheelchair tennis player to train under the professional side Uh of U.S. tennis, which is player development. Um, And so I never say no. (laughs) And I uprooted my life in Dallas and ended up moving to Orlando in 2018, I I believe it was, um, and started training again for tennis and, and working part-time on the side too, to to go after a tennis career again, um, because I had never really fully done that in my career. It was always kind of the back and forth like we right. talked about. Right. Um, yeah. So I was interested to see what could happen basically. Um, and that experience was amazing. I, I got to train alongside a lot of the pros that you watch on tv at the grand slams and and stuff like that so it was a really cool experience um and then around i mean covid hit
2: mm-hmm.
1: that kind of threw every everyone for a loop um and that also kind of for me put things to a stopping point as far as my sport career went at the time um And I felt like it was just the time for me to transition into career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started looking for opportunities at that point while while still living in Orlando.
0: And how did you land at Angel City Sports? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I actually, I had just started looking for jobs um, in marketing and my friend and fellow teammate, Caitlin Verfurth, um, who I played tennis with for many years, and she's awesome. Uh, She messaged me on Facebook, I think, and she said, this uh, organization called Angel City Sports is hiring a marketing manager. Uh, You should apply. And I was like, where is this? Los Angeles. (laughs) 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 And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Um, and so I got in touch with, I think it was Camille uh, at the time, who I s- basically started the interview process with them and went through several rounds of interviews and ended up getting the position. Um, and then I think I worked from Orlando for four or five months remotely until I could make the big Cross country move uh-huh. to LA, so yeah, that's how that came about.
0: <laughs> From coast to coast, huh?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: So, how long have you been uh, on board with them now?
1: Just, just over two years.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's a great fit, at least on paper. I hope because mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's, it employs your marketing degree and background with your with mm-hmm. sports, So you kind of get to do both.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of the perfect combination for me and um, Angel City Sports. If, if people don't know what that is, it's a nonprofit um, based in LA slash SoCal um, that provides adaptive sport opportunities for kids, adults, and veterans. Uh, with physical disabilities or visual impairments, that's kind of our our core group. And so, for me, bringing the marketing side of things where I studied and was interested in, and then also being able to be part of people's adaptive sport journeys now, mm-hmm. and helping provide more eyes on it and more opportunities. Um, and sharing the stories that come out of it too i think it's such a cool thing to be a part of and i can uh, obviously relate to it very well the whole the whole journey um cuz i've done it from beginning to end i feel mm-hmm. like <laughs> and so just being able to communicate that uh to the disabled community and and non-disabled community and and educate around how powerful and impactful sports can be in people's lives. I think uh, it's kind of all come full circle for me now at this point, and I'm really thankful.
0: Well, I'm glad you went right into that because you saved me a question because I was going to ask you <laughs> for those that are listening and don't know about Angel City Sports to talk about us. So I'm glad you did that. And then full disclosure, obviously, Angel City Sports is a movie United member organization and part mm-hmm. of our, our football program. And uh, yes. you have your own games, Angel City Games. So definitely check them out if you're listening and you're not familiar and you're definitely in California for sure. And, and the last question I have for you is just, you know, I know that you and I first met at the abilities expo. Can you talk about that? And like, how does angel city sports connect with that? and What do you do there?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, the abilities expo every year, we have a angel city sports zone. So we, we put a few sports in that area and, and really just have a lot of people come through and try it. And we had so many people who hadn't tried sports and some who had come through and try some wheelchair basketball or some table tennis um, and then just get to meet our staff and and get to know more about what we do year round. So I think that event is really cool because we get to come across hundreds and hundreds of people with disabilities in the Los Angeles and Southern California area that uh maybe have never heard about adaptive sports before and we get to meet them and talk to them. And so it's just a really cool event. And of course there's a lot of other resources there as well, which are super important uh, for people to find out about. So it's a cool event and I'm I'm glad that we get to do a little bit of sports. Uh, there to show people what it's all about. So,
0: And uh, we wouldn't be doing our marketing jobs if uh, we didn't talk about how do people learn about Angel City Sports?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, so if you want to join our newsletter um, and just find out about volunteer opportunities or our upcoming programming and events, um, you can go to angelcitysports.org. And sign up for our email right there. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, we're on almost every platform at Angel City Sports. Pretty simple. Um, And there we post a lot of updates as well.